Hey there, nerds, and welcome to Nerd of Paradise, the podcast with a quirky take on nerd culture. I'm your host, Kate, and you're listening to episode 23, and this episode is all about Indiana Jones. It's gonna be awesome, and I am probably a little partial, but this is definitely one of my favorite episodes of Nerd of Paradise so far, so I think you guys will really enjoy it. So we have a lot to get to in this episode, some really cool guests, and of course, lots of indie talk. So we're going to hear from Thomas Riddle from Indie in the Classroom, and we're going to talk about the educational value of Indiana Jones, and especially with young Indiana Jones. And then we're going to talk to Rob from the Bearded Trio about the magic that is George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and John Williams. And we're also going to chat with Jason Ward from Making Star Wars and Making Indie. And we're going to talk some general indie discussion and also the future of Indiana Jones, what we know so far, and a little bit of speculation as well. But before we get to the interviews, I actually have a clip I want to play from an interview I did back on the Who Wars podcast a couple, probably like a year and a half ago, I'd say, I interviewed Matthew Jacobs. He's a writer, and among other things, he wrote for the Young Indie series. So back then, I had a chance to talk a little bit of Indiana Jones with him. So I'm going to just go ahead and kick things off with that interview for a couple minutes, and then we'll get to the rest of the interviews. Okay, so here's Matthew Jacobs from July of 2015. It was enormous fun. You'd work through a day um we're sort of with all the research around a subject because if you think about indiana jones indiana jones even the initial story is always based on 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 a what if um sort of what if the nazis actually um pulled up the ark of the covenant it's something they were looking for according to history what if Indiana Jones was there. So that what if applied to historical research was was just enormous fun. We'd spend a couple of days exploring that and then we'd thrash out the story all together. Um, and then at the end of two weeks, we would sort out who was going to write what. Then we'd go away, we'd write the shows, we'd come back, we'd do a session again um, where we all gave notes, go away, do the revisions. Directors were then hired, star directors, um, from, uh, you know, from various countries where it was being shot. And then he still included us um, with the directors and we'd be talking to the directors and him. He really treasures writing treasures writers and um so for me it was like a um you know a tremendous baptism into american culture and it was around that time that i moved um from london and came and lived in the bay area um and in la and got my green card and have i've been here ever since so with young indiana jones what was the process of writing for the younger character of indiana jones um, well, we had two younger characters. We had, we ran two storylines. One was um, the young, young Indiana Jones, who's about 10 years old. Um, and he's going on a trip with his um, parents around the world. And he meets all these incredible people. Um, and then the older one um, 
um, who goes off on a spring break adventure um, and it ends up, you know, signing up for World War One. becomes a soldier, goes from being a sort of gung-ho hero um, to being a secret agent um, whose objective is to bring peace after he meets Albert Schweitzer. And then after that, the war ends and he's involved in all sorts of adventures, you know, Broadway, Hollywood, gangsters, the whole lot. So... So the two different ages were you would go between the two and they would be kind of different stories. The younger young indie was normally um uh, very basic stuff, you know, very basic, you know, first time he kind of uh has a crush, falls in love with Princess Sophie, um uh, the daughter of Archduke Franz Ferdinand and um, and that was one I wrote that was also about psychiatry. Um, and, and, you know, he ends up at a dinner table with Freud, Jung, Adler, and of course his father who believes in, you know, chivalric love. And he's trying to find out what is love. Very much TV, but we had Max von Sydow. We had like the, the you know, it was being directed. Oh, he's in the new Star Wars movie, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so you know, that that was the joy, was we could bring anyone to the table. Okay, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. Matthew Jacobs is so cool. If you want to hear the whole interview, I'll put the link for the entire interview that was on that episode of Who Wars, where you can hear him talk more about Doctor Who, Lucasfilm, and meeting George Lucas, and some ideas for young Han Solo, even. So... I just thought that was really interesting what he had to say, and I wanted to include it in this episode. Okay, so since we heard Matthew Jacobs talking about Young Indie, let's transition to the next interview, which is Thomas from Indie in the Classroom. So put on your learning caps, boys and girls, because we're going to learn about how Indiana Jones helps kids learn. <laughs> okay, next up we have Thomas Riddle from Indie in the Classroom. How's it going, Thomas? It's going great, Kate. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. So I thought we could start with just um, a brief introduction um, of yourself, if you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and about Indie in the Classroom. Yeah, so thanks. Um, well, I've been in education for 25 years now uh, as a teacher and a principal and a football coach and wrestling coach and uh, I'm an adjunct university professor. I've worked at the district office level as a social studies curriculum coordinator and currently I am having a lot of fun as the education director at Roper Mountain Science Center uh, here in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, but while I was in the classroom for a number of years, I often taught with both Indiana Jones and Star Wars and had a lot of fun doing that and um, saw how it really could impact learning in a, in a great way. And so decided several years ago with a, with a buddy of mine that we would share those ideas with the world and see who was interested. So launched a couple of websites and, and uh, it's, been, it's been great. So we're talking about Indiana Jones today, but you mentioned Star Wars as well. And that's something really interesting. Um, there's so much crossover with Star Wars fans and Indiana Jones fans. Why do you think that is? Well, um, I guess we're just all fans of uh, of the maker, right? Of, of George. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, you know, I think he's he's a master storyteller, and the stories that he crafted 
through both indie and Star Wars um, really resonate with a lot of people worldwide. And I think a lot of that has to do with he tapped into the uh, cultural mythology that is prevalent throughout the world and no matter what um, nation you live in. And, and, of course, you know, I think that resonates in, in people. Of course, it's a lot of fun, too. So people identify with the characters, and they're great. Um, beyond being great popcorn movies, they have a lot of, of heft as well. There's, there's great messaging in, um, in both franchises and the stories. And so I think those are some of the reasons that it really um, hits home with people. So just in general, like, what do you think are some of the big teachable lessons from Indiana Jones. Yeah, well, you know, I think there's um I think there's a lot. And if you um visit our website indiantheclassroom.com, uh you'll see that we kind of um break uh, break those uh, those lesson ideas out for you kind of by subject area and topics. But overall, um you know, I think we'll, we'll stick with uh, let's let's start with history, okay? Mm-hmm. And so, for for me as a kid, it was a it was a neat way to hook me into um, learning more about ancient civilizations. And while you know a lot of the the history is fictional in indie and you in the indie films, and of course you have a fictional uh, archaeologist who's <laughs> really more of a you know he's been criticized by some over the years as being uh, more of a grave robber than an archaeologist but yet you i know a lot of archaeologists who say i became an archaeologist because of indy you know mm-hmm. uh, inspired by him but um but i think that a lot of the value that i got in the classroom was teaching more with the young indie series than than the feature films of um of the you know Indiana Jones franchise, I would use um, clips from Raiders of the Lost Ark when teaching about archaeology, and kind of a fact versus fiction. Um, watch these clips, and what do you think is uh, real historians do? What do you think anthropologists do? What do you think um, uh, archaeologists do? And we kind of break that uh, break that down. But when the Young Indy episodes came out. Um, that is where I got a lot of traction uh, teaching in the classroom. I started teaching in 1991, and the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles uh, began airing in 1992. And Lucas, who's a huge fan of um, history and anthropology himself, um, wanted these TV shows to be used by history teachers. And so they were created, kind of crafted with that idea in mind. So I, I loved the concept of um, you have a, a fictional character who is experiencing real world events. You know, mm-hmm. so it's almost like you know I've often said it's Forrest Gump with a bullwhip, right? <laughs> exactly. So, um, and what was what was great about that is the the research they um, that the writers did uh, for that series was fantastic. the The history was spot on. Mm-hmm. You could intrigue kids into uh, or hook kids into um, watching or being interested in in watching these clips or, or watching a whole episode in class, like like we would do, because of the name Indiana Jones. Uh, 
but the history they learned along the way through great stories um, was was fantastic. And then, of course, there were there were some episodes like the one on uh, Verdun when you got into great um, discussion about morality. You know, in that episode, you have these um, you see the war through the general's eyes who seem far, far away and, and cold and callous who are just moving soldiers around like pawns on a map. And then you see the war from the perspective of the soldiers in the trenches. And Andy's experiencing both of these. Mm-hmm. And so you're left with this um, with this question at the end. Okay, so um, who was right and who was wrong? Uh, both within the context of, hey, these were our French allies. And so getting giving eighth graders an opportunity or ninth graders or whatever grade. I was teaching eighth at the time. But if you're giving students a chance to question authority, they love that, right? <laughs> and so um, so that was a, a great – um, you know, there's a, a lot of those episodes often had um, tackled great concepts like that, or, or big ideas that would allow for um, for great discussion. And so, you know, we've um, gosh, we've taught ELA with with the Young Indy series through the War Poets um, when he meets Siegfried Sassoon and, and Robert Graves, and of course the, the whole um, uh, episode on the. Um, um, well, I guess I should back up now. They've been turned into feature films since they're on, you know, DVD, right? Yeah. Um, but um, but the whole um, Irish Rebellion uh, is great because you have uh, the Irish poets, uh, for instance, with with ELA, um, and of course the history and the ancient cultures, uh, world mythology. It, it's all there. It's all there. And so, um, really, as a classroom teacher, the value of that Young Indie series. Um, in my opinion, far surpasses the educational value of of the films. But the films are fantastic hooks mm-hmm. of getting kids interested in in a certain um, certain genre of of study or a certain uh, topic. If that if that makes that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So, did you ever hear from any of the students like years later about how Indiana Jones had it impacted their lives? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, well, it was more of the, you know, I'm not going to say I've had any kids say that it, you know, I can think of off the top of my head that they influenced their life or impacted their life, but they remember what they learned mm-hmm. when from those lessons with Star Wars and Indy, you know. So, like, when we teach it with Star Wars, it's about the hero's journey and mythology. And, you know, I have, um, I still have kids now, kids, you know, they're in their mid thirties, right? There's still my students, they're still my kids. Um, I I have these uh, former students, um, I stay in touch with, I'll say, Hey coach, I remember when you taught us, um, we used to learn about ancient Egypt through, you know, Indiana Jones or, or when we learned about mythology through star Wars. Mm -hmm. And I still tell people how much I learned and, you know, how we, how you made us apply those things to our life and how history was actually interesting because, you know, you were using, you know, Indy. So, yeah, I've, you know, I, I still have former students today, years later now, um, say that was something they really enjoyed. That's awesome. So going back to Young Indy, you know, in addition to all the uh, episodes and the feature films that they were made into now, there's all the additional, um, what's the word? <laughs> the documentaries? Yes, documentaries. Oh. I tell you, Kate, that's that actually started um, quite a journey for Wes Dodgins and myself. Wes is my buddy I mentioned. Uh, he's still a history teacher, and he's still in the classroom. Um, and 
uh, together we we create content for both those websites. But when um, when I heard that the the Young Indie series was going to be released on DVD, uh, that was what two thousand six, I think it was no two thousand seven. Um, and then I heard about the the uh, ninety four documentaries that were being created mm-hmm. uh, by these uh, great filmmakers. Um, you know, I, I read a blurb about that, some press release. And so I had just become the um, district-level history curriculum or you know, yeah, social studies curriculum coordinator for our school district. So it's a, it's a large district, 70,000 students, right? Um, and so I, um, Crystal Skull was coming out that May. So that would have been May of 2008, right? And so the DVDs were going to start being released in um, right before school in 2000 or right after school started in 2007. So I, I, um, I went out on a limb and said, okay, so I'm going to teach my teachers in the school district how to teach with Young Indy. And I'm going to show them how to integrate these DVDs into their classrooms. And um, I'm going to help them write lesson plans because this stuff is so highly valuable. And these documentaries, if I can just get my hands on these documentaries, you know, to see what that content's going to be, I know I'll be able to use that with, with, our, with our schools. And then I'll find some schools that um, have students that are interested in helping uh, create uh, a, a museum exhibition, a museum-style exhibition, based on the, um, the life of Indiana Jones, his wow. fictional adventures, right? And so the real history that's connected to his fictional adventures. And we're going to use our district science center, Roper Mountain, to host this museum exhibition a week before Crystal Skull comes out. Cool. And it's going to be awesome, right? And so I wrote to Lucasfilm and uh, said, hey, I've got this idea. I'm in this position in the school district where I can, you know, do professional development for these teachers. And I've taught with Young Indy for, you know, since it first came out in 92. Um, Here's some sample lesson plans, uh, some of the work that I've done. And if you need anybody to do educational reviews of the documentaries, if there's any way I can get a preview of those, that would be fantastic. I told him about the museum exhibition thing we were going to, you know, we were going to do, mm-hmm. and said, um, he kind of held my breath and said, okay, so then we'll keep you informed of our success, and then waited, you know, sent that message off and, and or that letter off and waited to get a um, kind of a cease and desist, you know, <laughs> um, and. To my surprise, it was just the opposite. A few weeks later, um, checked my voicemail and got a call from the head of marketing um, at that time, a guy named Tom Warner, who said, hey, uh, uh, Howard Rothman sent your stuff over and um, got, got this letter from you, and we'd love to keep the tires on this a little bit, and uh, yeah, let's, see, let's talk and see what we can do. And so I was blown away. Since that wow. time, it's led to an amazing um, – Friendship with a lot of folks at Lucasfilm um, who have been just so, so gracious, um, who've been so excited to see this content used in an educational setting. Um, and so it was the uh, – they ended up getting the documentaries early. Um, they sent, uh, sent Wes and I the cut discs before they went to, to market, uh, so right after they had been pressed. And we were able to, um, to show a couple – 
of those documentaries to Wes's students wow. before anyone else in the world got to see them. And it was fantastic. And of course, they, the, the, um, the folks at Lucasfilm knew this. We, they were kind of eager to hear the feedback. Mm-hmm. And the kids absolutely loved them. And uh, I remember writing a letter to David Schneider, who was the executive producer of the, of the documentary series, and told David, um, we, we showed some clips from the um, documentary on the Harlem Hellfighters, mm-hmm. which was narrated by Colin Powell, which is amazing. Wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, the people that they get to interview uh, or narrate or interview uh, for these documentaries were just Fantastic. I mean, like Gloria Steinem and, and Colin Powell. And I mean, you just the who's who of whatever topic that, that they were um, they were doing the documentary about, they got to interview. So it was fantastic. So anyway, this we showed this um, clip about the Harlem Hellfighters and this young um, this was ninth graders and this young African-American girl raised her hand and she said, Mr. Riddle, why have I never heard about these people? Wow. And. And I said, honey, that's a great question. And so we went into, you know, um, uh, perspective, right, uh, in textbooks and um, who's included and who's often not and what stories um, we hold valuable and those that kind of get forgotten unless we are intentional in telling those stories. And so she was so uh, moved by the story. She's like, I cannot believe I've never heard of this. And this is exciting that somebody's doing something with it. So I wrote that in a letter to David Schneider, and I sent it to to David. Um, had never met him, and I found out later. David called me and thanked me for the letter. He'd read it to the whole staff of the documentary, the documentary crew, awesome. and he said there was uh, very few dry eyes left. Um, because that that comment and other feedback we had from students because he said, you know, we're, we're, we spend so much time making these films and we don't know what the reception is going to be and that's what we hope for. And then they were able to get it. So that ended up leading to a friendship with um, David Schneider, um, which is, is – was he's a fantastic guy. Um, and we ended up getting to go to uh, New York that spring in 2008 and present uh, at the WNET Education Conference um, – that's a big WNET is a big education. Um, uh, it's the public public uh, broadcast channel in New York, uh, educational channel, and got to do a, a workshop on teaching with young Indy, you know. And so it's just been fantastic the opportunities we've been able to to um, uh, work with uh, our friends at Lucasfilm, and all that to say, David's crew put together some of the best documentaries you'll see anywhere on those topics that relate to the, to these films. And I highly recommend, um, uh, anyone, uh, I tell teachers all the time, it's the best value you could ever get as a, as a, as a resource. Um, if you want to know if, you know, if you want a a 25 minute lesson as to why we are, um, where we are with the Middle East today, the conflicts in the Middle East, um, watch lines in the sand. It is one of the best synopsis, of um of the conflict uh in the middle east that's been not only you know we still see today but the origins of it um that i've seen anywhere and so those documentaries are fantastic and that really really adds weight uh, and credibility to teaching with that young indie series that's so cool so where do you think the future of indiana jones is headed do you think we'll see maybe another young indie series at some point 
Oh, I wished. <laughs> um, you know, I I think that. Uh, all right, go ahead and let's let's uh, get me officially on the record saying I think that ship sailed um, <laughs> because I want us to have another opportunity to speak in the future when you get to say, "Hey, Thomas, remember this clip? <laughs> you were you were wrong." Um, I would love to see that, but you know, I'm not sure how Disney is going to. Um, handle handle it going forward. I'm very excited because I know that Kathleen Kennedy has really done an amazing job um, helming Lucasfilm, and the um, the love and care that the uh, story writer group has stewarded Star Wars, um, you know, to create you know the Force Awakens and Rogue One and just all the new books and comics and and the way that they're so carefully crafting those stories now. I know that same level of detail will be put into to uh, to Andy um, because it's such a you know he's such a beloved character. So you know what I what what I know is that I guess the same thing. What you know you know what we hear is that Spielberg is on board and Ford's on board and. You know where it goes from there. I have no idea. You know, it's um, it's funny. Each you know each of the the films were, are made in the style of the era in which the story takes place. So in the '30s, you have these Republic cliffhangers, right? Um, and the those you know the I almost call it the original trilogy. Okay, um, but but then you go to Crystal Skull, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, I don't like Crystal Skull. I loved it." Um, it, it takes place in the fifties, and what do you have in the fifties? B movies, right? Um, you have um, what, what's everyone obsessed with? Uh, communists, um, the bomb, UFOs. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all right there, yeah. done with. And, and these weird creatures, like the the giant ants. Yeah, check out the movie Them. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, mutt swinging through the vines. You know, in the trees or on the vines in the trees. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a little over the top, but. <laughs> They were both, you know, Lucas and Spielberg, huge Tarzan fans, you know, Johnny Weissmuller. And so, again, it's it's a B-movie type thing. That's what you'd see in a B-movie. And so it absolutely um, stayed true to form. That said, if we go into the 60s, mm-hmm. you know, are we going to have a yeah, baby? Um, <laughs> you know, Andy, is it going to be – I have no idea. A psychedelic <laughs> Andy, I just can't see that. But well, what kind of um, – what, what an Andy would look like in the '60s, I have no idea. I'm only assuming going to the '60s, right? right. Um, they may be very, very clever and have um, do what they did with Mystery of the Blues. Now that would be fantastic. That was you so know, good. Oh my gosh, that was blo- you know. Do you remember? Did you watch that when it came on originally? No, I actually just saw like all of Indie Young Indie for the first time like in the last couple months. Oh my gosh! So, what did you think? You like them? Yeah, they were amazing. Yeah, and people, <laughs> you know, hey, anyone listening, if you, you know, unless you've watched that series yourself, watch it. You know, I believe they're um, on, on or Amazon Prime right now. I think, right? Yeah, All I think Indiana so. Jones movies and Young Indy, I think. Yeah, I, I believe you're. I believe you're right. And hey, look, if you're an indie fan, you're listening to this. Listening to this podcast, um, I'm sure they're available. You know, cheap enough now. Those box sets, those three volumes, yeah. um, are cheap enough to buy. And and it's so. Of course, you get the documentaries then. So as yeah. an educator, I'm going to say get them, watch them. They're fantastic. I'm glad I got the discs then because I was I had got I 
it was kind of like a Black Friday thing, actually. They were pretty cheap around then. Right. And then I heard that they were all on Amazon Prime, but then I was like, oh, yeah, the documentaries. So Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and yeah. That, it's worth that, you know? Yeah. But but if let's just go you know let's play what if for a minute mm-hmm. and for those who who aren't familiar who may be listening with Mystery of the Blues you know that's the the young indie um, uh, film in which Harrison Ford reprises his you know his role as Indy and it's it's like 1950 or 51 I can't remember um, and the action takes place with you know at the very beginning In with Wyoming Oak- isn't it. Exactly, it is right, <laughs> and I and I love that in, in mm-hmm. a chase in the snow yep. in an old pickup truck, you know, with a Native American, and it was like, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> he end up in a cabin in the woods, and Andy's in a rocking chair holding a tenor sax, and says, you know, <laughs> this reminds me of the time when. Yep. And then you have the flashback. Now, you know, that would be cool. Um, I'm a huge fan of Harrison, and could Harrison absolutely rock Andy? Now, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But from a storytelling perspective, mm-hmm. um, I think it would be really cool if he did. It'd be you know to kind of narrate that as yeah. a, as a flashback, and it'd be a kind of a cool um, homage to George Hall's character too, who narrated all of the young indie TV shows, but were omitted from the the films oh, yeah. themselves. You know, you have the bookends, and if anyone's interested in what I'm talking about, you can just go to YouTube and look up uh, Young Indie Bookends. Oh, I need to do that. Someone told me I should do that, and I haven't done it yet. Oh, you really should, Kate. Yeah. They're, they're fabulous. So, um, <laughs> because you see Indy as George envisioned him as a as a old man, right? So, mm-hmm. he was, let's see, these were airing. They were supposed to be in, uh, they take, you know, the, the bookends take place in our time. So, that would have been 1992, 93, when Indy was... 93 or 94 years old, right? Mm-hmm. And so you see this old man with an eye patch. And you're like, oh, man, when did Andy lose an eye? I want to know that story. And he's always has some lesson, right? So you really get the idea that each of these were really a type of morality play, each of those episodes, because they would deal like when, when Andy goes on safari with Teddy Roosevelt, mm-hmm. that – that episode was about conservation and it, it, that was, that was the big theme, you know? And so Andy's introduced to, um, uh, meets Teddy on safari. He used to love going on safari with his son Kermit and Teddy was a huge, um, naturalist, uh, fan of, fan of nature and, and, and a conservationist, which a lot of people scratch their heads about because he liked hunting. Mm-hmm. But, um, Teddy was a fascinating character, and his his idea was okay. So if we can um, if we can um, kill some of these animals to to preserve back in the cities of power like New York or Washington, and introduce people to how beautiful they are, then we can teach them the need to protect them. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of him thinking about, you know, a small sacrifice for, for a bigger gain, right? So you, you kind of have some of that dealt with in that episode. And then uh, Andy ends up, you know, yelling at Teddy to, to, to stop killing these, these um, uh, oryx. Mm-hmm. It was a, a rare type of – or not rare, but um, today it is now. They mm-hmm. talked about that. It's almost extinct. It's a type of oryx. Um, but – you know, you you see um, 
that episode begins with George Hall, and if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, he's in a restaurant, and some woman walks in with this, you know, luxurious fur coat on, and and um, he's having dinner with this with these these people, and Andy starts talking. You know, they're talking about fashion and fur and all, and Andy starts talking about, well, let me tell you about what I learned from Teddy Roosevelt about <laughs> conservation, and then he goes back. You know, those bookends are fantastic, so That's highly brilliant. recommend. Yeah, but you know, I, you know, as a way forward, I think that would be cool because I love only because I love the time period of the '30s and '40s for Andy to be in. I, mean, I really like that, um, you know. And hey, I don't know if you saw um, the uh, oh Patrick. I've just um, Patrick. Oh, oh, what's Patrick's last name? Um, he did the young. I mean, the uh, Indiana Jones animated. Um, clip. Did you not see that? Mm, I don't think so. Oh my goodness. Um, wait a minute. I'm going to have to, f- I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to find this right now. I know we we're doing like a blog, but I mean, um, oh no, it's all good. Um, podcast. Hold on. Um, because Patrick and I, show and maker, that's what I thought. Okay. So <laughs> if you guys are listening and you are not familiar with Patrick Schoenmaker, um, you need to look him up. S C H O E N M A K E R. He's a brilliant artist and he's a huge indie fan. And um I will be glad to send you the link, Katie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, because he put together on his own, um, well, had some some help with the finishing, but animated what would essentially be a um, think of it as a sizzle reel or, or a pitch video for an animated Adventures of Indiana Jones. That is super and it, cool. And it would look like you know what the what the cartoon would look like at the beginning, what it would open up as. Mm-hmm. It has so much potential. So if anyone from Disney is listening, hire Patrick. Let him do these stories. <laughs> That'd be you know? amazing. I mean, this this series. I mean, the 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 animation is beautiful. Um, it would be it would be fantastic. So I I hope that like we've seen with the success of Star Wars Rebels, you know, uh, and Clone Wars, mm-hmm. Lucasfilm uh, knows how to do animation. And if and Disney, of course, does. And mm-hmm. so if if uh, they would just give a, an animated Indiana Jones series a chance, I think it would be highly successful. You get the right artist, mm-hmm. the right illustrator, and the right storytellers, writers, which they have in the stables. <laughs> it would be fantastic. So that's my idea for the way forward. <laughs> that would be amazing. So um, just one, probably one last question. Um, so going back to like um, in Indy Five, if they bookend it with Harrison Ford at the beginning, who do you think they should cast as a younger Indiana Jones? Oh, I, <laughs> I actually I posted um, a poll on Twitter, and so I had a couple options on there. I had Eldon Ehrenreich, Anthony Ingruber, or Chris Pratt, or other. <laughs> okay, all right. You know now, here we go. <laughs> I'm a huge uh, fan of Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like I like. Well, I say huge fan. I'm a fan of Chris Pratt. There we go. Um, Chris, if you're listening, great job. Good work. You know. And when when I first saw, you know, somebody made a you know a, a picture, photoshopped Pratt as Indy. Mm-hmm. 
that was making when that image was making its rounds um, through social media a couple of years ago. And I was like, "What? No way!" <laughs> but after Guardians of the Galaxy and after Jurassic World, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay. Of course, I've already you know I've seen him in other things. He can do the humor. Mm-hmm. I think he can do this. I think he can do the straight guy, tough guy humor. Okay, you know, I mean, pretty well. And so, I I could see Pratt being indie now. Um, what was the result of the poll? <laughs> How wrong was so I? So it's it's still ongoing for a couple of days. I did a long one, but Chris Pratt's actually winning. Yeah, you know, four <laughs> percent. Oh wow. Well, you know, all right. From a from a, I know a lot of people would think oh, I'll get somebody different. You know, mm-hmm. Pratt's and everything right now, but Harrison Ford was in everything, right? That's true. Um, and we had no real difficult time distinguishing between he and Han Solo, although in many ways they were very similar characters. Um. But I, I do think Pratt would be would be a good indie. If if they wouldn't give Sean Patrick Flannery the chance, I love Sean Patrick Flannery as as young oh, indie. That's true. Yeah, like I wonder what what's he even doing these days. I wonder. Yeah, he is. Well, he um, if you guys, um, that's another thing I need to look up real quick. <laughs> he has a a blog that he um writes a lot on, and oh. he is a major proponent of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and and personal care, personal fitness, um, you know, personal empowerment. Uh, he's He has a great positive message out there um, and loves uh, BJJ martial arts and um, uh, participates regularly from, you know, last I heard um, and encourages people to um, kind of follow their dreams and be fit. And, you know, I haven't seen him in any um, any films lately, but I know that he's um, still out there actively uh, um, really being a positive influence to a lot of people. How about just one final question? Like, do you have any final thoughts on Indiana Jones? How about that? <laughs> um, well, I, I, uh, I think that – I think we're in for um, a fun ride ahead. I'm excited to see uh, what Lucasfilm and Disney wants to do with the character. Um, you know, I think a lot of apprehension that people had about passing the torch off to JJ and then just the, the whole organization with how they would handle Force Awakens. Um, I really had no qualms about that, but I heard a lot of hand-wringing, and I thought it was fantastic. Um, the way they've done, you know, handled Rogue One now and just mm-hmm. the way they're handling the whole franchise with the with the novels and, and just the story itself, okay? Mm-hmm. It, that I think that franchise is in great shape. I have no doubt that the same loving care will be um, afforded to to Indiana Jones. And so having seen the the new direction of um, you know that that we're we're in now with this joint um, Lucasfilm Disney Ventures. Uh, I, I'm excited to see what they'll do with with Indy. And the last thought: go watch Young Indy if you've not seen them. <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. your homework assignment. <laughs> Everybody has homework. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and you have to send in a report when you're done. <laughs>
Trust me, you'll enjoy it. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Thomas, thanks so much for talking to Nerd of Paradise. And before we go, just tell everyone again um, where they can go for Indie in the Classroom and where to find you online and all that good stuff. Yeah, so you can um, follow us on online at IndieInTheClassroom.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at IndieInTheClass. And uh, I would just go ahead and throw out there too if you're a fan of Star Wars as well, StarWarsInTheClassroom.com. And we're on Twitter there with Star Wars in Class. You can also find us both, uh, um, both places or um, find both sites represented at Facebook as well. So just do a search for Star Wars in Class and Indie in the Classroom and you'll please follow us on Facebook. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again for chatting. Yeah, thank you, Kate, so much. Okay, so thanks again, Thomas. I really enjoyed our chat. It was so fascinating to hear your perspective as an educator and to see how indie really affects, especially uh, younger people in the classroom. And as Thomas suggested at the end, if you haven't seen Young Indie yet, go watch it. But finish this episode first. <laughs> okay, so next up, we're going to talk to Rob Wainfer from The Bearded Trio. So if you don't know who The Bearded Trio is, you're about to find out. Okay, next we have Rob Wainfer from The Bearded Trio. Uh, we're here to talk, of course, some more Indiana Jones. How's it going, Rob? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, definitely. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the Bearded Trio. Okay. Well, as you know, I'm Rob. Uh, I'm from the UK, from um, sunny South Wales, although it isn't sunny at the moment. Uh, and I run a website called thebeardedtrio.com, and it celebrates uh, all the works of George Lucas John Williams and Steven Spielberg. Well, we we try to cover everything and report on a daily basis. Things like Lucasfilm, Amblin, you know, all their latest works, the museum that George Lucas is doing. Um, you know, and we have uh, we have a good gang of uh, fans of the three, and we just write blogs and report on the news and just basically show our love for uh, for their movies and their work that they've done over the years. That's awesome. So I have to say the name Bearded Trio is just brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, I, I wish I wish I could take credit for that one, but um, uh, the, I, I didn't come up with that. But I must admit that um, in, in 2009, when we started the site, um, I actually went on a forum. Uh, you may have heard of it. It's Rebel Scum. Uh, it's a, a, collect, a Star Wars collecting uh, forum. And I basically asked um, the people there, so well, I want to start this website for, for these three. And someone came up with the idea of the Bearded Trio. So I nabbed it and I've used it. <laughs> awesome. That's cool. So, of course, uh, we're here to talk about Indiana Jones today. And obviously, these three play a vital role with Indiana Jones. So I thought maybe yeah. we could just talk a little bit about the magic of these three men and in regards to Indiana Jones. So... What just yeah. like the connection between them all? What do you think is the appeal with all of them and in, in connection with Indiana Jones? Well, do you know what? I think um, it, it's it's a bit of a coincidence. I'm actually writing a, a a blog post at the moment about how the the connection with uh, with these three, with Lucas Williams and Spielberg, and um, it's it's really um, I think the Indiana Jones movies um, actually really brought the three together. 
um, especially especially George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, because um, you know when you think when you think of these um, when you think of Steven Spielberg and George Lucas in particular, you you, you think of this uh, amazing friendship, and um, it's quite surprising to to um, to know that. Uh, they they didn't start off as um, as friends. They were started off quite competitive and quite envious of each other. <laughs> um, you know, um, in in 1968 when they when they first crossed paths, um, Spielberg had, had, had uh, made about 15 short movies and um, had just watched George Lucas's THX 1138. And in um, Spielberg's own words, he said he was insanely envious. <laughs> of George Lucas and this film. And he thought that the films that he'd done up to that point were nothing compared to uh, what George Lucas had just created. But on the other flip side of the coin, George Lucas had, um, had watched Spielberg's Amblin, which is one of his first short movies. And he hated it. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was too sentimental. Um, so and, and up and up through the seventies, you know, um, there was this uh, um, friendly, probably a constructive en- um, um, envy of each other. Uh, George Lucas watched Duel. He was only supposed to watch ten minutes of it at uh, Francis Ford Coppola's house, and ended up watching all of it. And that was really the first time that George Lucas um, took notice of Steven Spielberg. And of course, their paths crossed quite a bit then it was uh george lucas who introduced uh sorry it was um sorry yeah 1975 when when uh steven spielberg made jaws and then george lucas was was creating star wars it was steven spielberg that introduced george lucas to john williams and uh you know you know uh steven spielberg um I'd watch, I'd listen, listen to some of the Star Wars music while it was being made, and thought that, oh my gosh, what have I done? I've, I've given one of my greatest <laughs> talents to George Lucas. He's, he's got the best out of him. I'm never going to get that in a movie again. But obviously, <laughs> that wasn't the case. So, yeah, Indiana Jones um, really brought those two together, I think, and and it showed what they can do together. And of course, you had the the magic of of John Williams who, you know, you you can ask him to do any movie and he, he will perform uh, uh, his magic on that movie. And I think that's one of the reasons why uh, Steven Spielberg loves John Williams is because you, you can give him any movie, any subject, and mm-hmm. he will do the most appropriate soundtrack to that subject. Yeah, you know, amazing. and that, take, that takes a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, that's... It's. I, I think we we've got a lot to thank for the for the Indiana Jones films because, you know, we it's we get to see the magic of the three, all together. Awesome. So I thought it would be cool if we kind of go down the line of the bearded trio, um, and just kind of talk about what role each of them had in the Indiana Jones series. So yeah, why don't sure. we start with Steven Spielberg? Obviously, we know he was the director, correct, for all of them, or yeah, yeah, the he was, original ones, right? Yeah, he was he was the director. Well, or no, yeah, the, and, or uh, the fourth one too, huh? Yeah, fourth one, and uh, you know potentially the were the fifth one as well. You know, they, right. he's down to, to direct the fifth one. You know, which I uh, uh, can't wait for. Um, yeah, but he he was the director for for all of them, and obviously brings that uh, that 
style to the films which we all love with steven spielberg the sweeping shots and and the close-up face shots mm-hmm. uh which you you know you we we see especially in raiders of the lost ark you know you get a close-up shot of of harrison ford but um you know things like steven spielberg uh if it wasn't for steven spielberg we would be talking about indiana smith right now really uh, yeah yeah they, well they they were um i i if you heard the story that um that lucas and spielberg went on holiday together to george lucas didn't have he wanted to get away from the aftermath of star wars because he thought it was going to get ripped to shreds um so they went on holiday to hawaii and uh while they were on a on a beach um steven spielberg shared uh his um desire to direct a james bond film and George Lucas, who had the idea for uh, this adventure film starring, you know, Indiana, said, you know, I've got this idea. Don't do a James Bond film. Do this with me, you know, and, and uh, let's let's do this film, you know, based on the old 1930s adventure movie serials, you know. Um, so, yeah, and George Lucas said, well, you know, Indiana Smith, but it was Steven Spielberg said, well, <laughs> Yeah, no, let's call it, yeah, it doesn't have the right ring. Let's call it Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, see, awesome. it's one, one thing you can thank Steven Spielberg for, apart from the the amazing directing, is the uh, is Indiana Jones. Wow, yeah. that's a really good call on that, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good job, Steven. I, I've always thought, because thought, Jones is a bit of a Welsh name, I've always thought maybe there's some Welsh connection in the uh, Indiana Jones. I don't think there is. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Well, where was his dad from? Sorry? Where was Indiana's dad from? Um, do you know what? I don't know. Um, but being Sean Connery, uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, I think he has some Scottish oh, okay. in him, you know. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you well, know, especially, especially when he goes, you know, we named a dog Indiana. Right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, so yeah. let's, let's talk a little more about George Lucas then. What You mentioned him a little bit before about, so it was his idea, right? Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was um, it was the idea of George Lucas, you know, and and it's one of the things we got. We have to thank George Lucas for for so much, you know. He, he, these days, he gets quite a bad rap, you know, because of uh, maybe the changes in Star Wars, and not everybody likes the prequels. But you know, yeah, George Lucas has has brought some uh, amazing things, especially into my life, you know, Star Wars and Indiana Jones, you know, it's it, that. That's not a bad. That's not a bad resume, is it? To say, you know, I brought Star Wars and Indiana Jones into uh, into everybody's lives. You know, so that, that's that's not too bad. You know, and of course, you, you, it's easy to say that it, the work uh, come from George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. You know, they had a lot of help, especially you know, like they did with the Star Wars films with George Lucas. You know, you had uh, Philip Kaufman. Um, who, who uh, helped with the story? I mean, he he worked on all the Indiana Jones movies, uh, all four and potentially Indy Five as well. Um, and he he knows absolutely everything everything about Indiana Jones. And then you got the the screenplay, which is Lawrence Lawrence Kasdan, uh, who you may know from the from the Star Wars movies as well. So you know, it's it's good to have that pool of 
talent around you um, to come up with an idea like Indiana Jones and then just go, ah, I know, let's get Loris Canston, you know, who's done the Star Wars films. Let's get Philip Kaufman. Let's get uh, Douglas Slocum, who's done the cinematography. <laughs> you know? so even the yeah. set direct de- decorator, you know, Michael Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he did Empire, Return of the Jedi, Empire of the Sun. And one of the films I think looks the best on on uh, on uh, TV, um, Muppets Treasure Island. <laughs> <laughs> so you got you got the set director decorator who did Muppets Treasure Island was the same person who did the set decoration. Oh, There's so for, much crossover. Uh, yeah, Titanic as well. So you know, oh, wow. <laughs> so so yeah, you know, I think we got a one thing we have to thank George Lucas and Steven Spielberg for is is this pool of talent that you mm-hmm. see cross, crossing over from one movie to another, from Star Wars for, to Indiana Jones to Jurassic Park. You know, it's, it's all this, uh, once they've uh, found the talent, it's very, it's very rare that they'll let them go. They mm-hmm. won't, you know, they'll keep them quite close to them. And, and that's why you get that style of that, of that mm-hmm. film. Um, and you've got to thank George Lucas for that and, and Steven Spielberg. I know. I noticed that too. I just watched Young, the Young Indie Chronicles for the first time, and you know, yeah. seeing you know, like I saw a lot of familiar faces pop up from Star Wars, so that was really cool. You do, don't you? And you also see a lot of um, you see a lot of um, famous actors and actresses mm-hmm. in that. You think, oh look, uh, I think Catherine Zeta Jones, yeah. isn't it? And, uh, it's so funny. Is one of them, yeah, yeah. And but the stories are great, you know. And what this is what I love about um, Indiana Jones is it's it's a good old fashioned adventure film, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, and it's like it's like reading a comic. Uh, you know, and the Indiana Jones comics. So you you should you should. I don't know if you've read any, but if I you haven't, haven't. They, they, yeah, they are great. You know, yeah. and they go all over the world. In fact, there is actually one of the comics where Indiana Jones does actually go to Wales. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, um, awesome. But it it's just good old a fan, uh, good old fashioned adventure films, the Indiana Jones, and that's why I love them. It's great escapism for two hours, just like the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, so let's talk about Mr. John Williams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Genius. you know what? He is he is a genius. Literally, for for me anyway, he's he is the soundtrack to my life. I don't think I don't think a day has gone by <laughs> since '77 <laughs> when I first watched Star Wars that that uh, I haven't hummed or listened or uh, you know just there's a piece of John Williams going on in my head or, you know, listen to a piece of John Williams. The guy is a, is <laughs> a genius. And, you know, we can use that word quite easily these days, but I think with John Williams, he is a genuine, yeah. genuine genius. You know, we'll you know, look back at John Williams, like people look back at Mozart, you know, mm-hmm. or Beethoven, uh, because, you know, everything he touches just, oh, it, it, it just, you just get so much joy from it. So and true. the Indiana... The Indiana Jones films, the soundtracks, you know, I think are one of my favorite. The Raiders of the Lost Ark soundtrack in particular, I think it's one of my favorite John Williams uh, albums. I absolutely love, absolutely love it. You know, you've got that signature piece, uh, which, 
Which, you know, any anybody that thinks adventure mm-hmm. instantly thinks of the Indiana Jones piece. Same, same as, same as um, when, you think, when, when you think of something magic uh, or, you know, you, you, the Harry Potter films, that, that signature piece for Harry Potter has become so entwined. And it's the same with the Indiana Jones films. You know, you, you can't say Indiana Jones without thinking the theme tune you know and that's right. the magic of john williams i think uh i think it was paul bateman who said about the star wars films that uh the the music from john williams is the oxygen of the film and and that's the case with the indiana jones films you know you can't can you can you imagine um you just can't imagine anybody else doing the music for the indiana jones films not not yet not yet anyway you know yeah so iconic <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and um, you, you list there are some similarities as well to the Star Wars films. If you listen to uh, uh, Marion's theme on uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark soundtrack, um, it has a very uh, it has a, a hint of um, uh, Han and Leia theme to it. If you play those two uh, next to each other, or you know, one after the mm-hmm. other, you will you will hear very similarities between the two, the Mar- Marion's theme and and Han and Leia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a fantastic soundtrack, and he um, he did he got nominated for uh, an Oscar for Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, in 1982. Um, do you, do you know who he lost out to? Um, he lost out he lost out to um, Vangelis Chariot of Fire. Uh, so just a, oh, just a little a, bit of virtue. Uh, yeah, just I thought a maybe bit he of might trivia. have lost to himself too. <laughs> Hasn't even. That's how. That's happened. Yeah, yeah. that happened. Uh, <laughs> that happened with Star Wars, isn't it? Where, oh, okay. Um, That's what I was thinking. Uh, in seventy-seven or seventy-eight, it would have been. <laughs> but he he lost out. He he had Close Encounters of the Third Kind soundtrack nominated, and he lost out to uh, to Star Wars. <laughs> so not not but not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. thought. Um, I know that in the Young Indie series, that wasn't John Williams that can that composed that, correct? The um, main theme. I don't think it was. No, no, yeah. Um, do you know? Do you know what? It's been such. A, it's been uh, quite a while since uh, <laughs> since I've watched the young indie movies. I thought um, it was uh, a really interesting theme, though, because it kind of reminded me of Anakin's theme from um, the prequels. You know, because you know you oh, kind that, of. Yes, you're right, aren't you? Yeah, that, that it does, doesn't it? You mean the actual signature piece? Yeah. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Now that you say mm-hmm. that, it uh, it does have that ring to it. I, I love it when I, you know, someone comes up with something <laughs> like this because I have to go back in and and Maybe listen to that. Maybe I'll have to, to do that, like yeah. a side by side comparison on this episode. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I just actually. I thought that was interesting um, because yeah, like you know, Anakin's theme it just it kind of it takes on a more like innocent tone than you know, obviously the Imperial March, but. Is, yeah. So it's kind of it's so the the young indie theme is kind of like you know more a little more innocent, but it still has that kind of taste of the dun 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 dun. Yeah, it's it's almost there, isn't it? But yeah, uh, there's, there's slight hints to it. Yeah. yeah, I'm just looking at I'm just looking now on um, young Indiana Jones, and there's there was uh, we are there four composers for the series music. You have got oh. Lawrence uh, Rosenthal, um, Joel McNeely. Frederick Talgon and Kurt Sobel. So, oh, um, so there you go. So I've cheated. I looked it up. So <laughs> I can't. I can't take credit for that one. So I do apologize. <laughs> no, that's awesome. 
Fun fact. <laughs> um, before we go, do you have any final thoughts about the Bearded Trio and Indiana Jones? Um, yeah, well, you know, it's uh, Indiana Jones four. Let's not let's not let's not dismiss Indiana Jones four. <laughs> I, I think that also gets a bad rap, but yeah, um, I, agree. I, I I think it's not that bad. Go back and watch it and watch it as as a kid, you know, with, <laughs> with a kid's mind, because um, it's not that bad a film. Um, yeah. And you know, we got we, we we need to get the Indiana Jones vibe going again because you know, Indy five we're going to you know 2019 ish <laughs> we're going to be all over indiana jones again so uh, yeah let's get that indie <laughs> fever going again <laughs> awesome. do you have any predictions or anything for indie five um i no idea what the story is going to be about mm-hmm. um i i i hope it's um something that is quite believable in myth mm-hmm. uh rather than having something you know um, i will be honest i will admit this um I didn't gel with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. It's actually my least favorite of the Indiana Jones films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people love it. Probably throwing their Federer hat at me right now at the, at, the, <laughs> <laughs> at their laptop right now. No, I actually it's, agree. I think that was probably my least. That one it was weird. Yeah, and I think I think one of the reasons is is that the I I think what they were going after uh, wasn't really that believable. Look, I know it's an adventure film, and it's you know as you say it's, it's got to be escapism for two hours but you've also got to have that connection with what they're going after whether it'll be something religious or whether it'll be something you know like in indie 4 it was interdimensional aliens mm-hmm. where whether you believe it or not you know there's there's always that Mm, you know that well, science science possibly could prove it you know so you're gonna have that little bit of connection so i hope they keep i hope they do something like that for indy 5 cool whatever whatever happens we're all we'll all be going to see it yeah it's gonna be awesome <laughs> yeah oh it's great to see ford on screen yeah yeah it will be good to see um you know what what his role it's going to be intriguing isn't it to to find out what his role will be in it um you know how they're going to do it because you know he's he, you can't get away from it he's, he's you know he's getting on a bit so <laughs> is he is he going to pass the mantle like a kind of <laughs> james bond effect you know right. it'll be interesting to see oh that reminds me of another question um so <laughs> I had posted uh, actually a poll on Twitter a couple, maybe yesterday. Um, but anyway, if they like, if they were to recast Indiana Jones, oh as a no, younger... you're not going to ask me that question, are you? You, <laughs> well, <'cause... laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like they had River Phoenix in, at the beginning of Last Crusade as the, yeah. as a younger Indiana yeah. Jones. So, like, if they were to do something like that in Indy Five, and so the choices I put <laughs> on my poll were. Alden Ehrenreich, Anthony Gruber, Chris Pratt, or other. From from that, and from I in, from because I interviewed this person uh, a couple of uh, last year, I think, and I've seen him do Indiana Jones, and I would have to go for Anthony and Gruber. Nice. I know, yeah. like so many people wanted him to be Han, young Han Solo. Yeah, I and... I think he would. I think he'd be great. I, I think he would. Uh, he would nail it really would cool. uh, but then the other the other flip side of the coin is uh can we actually see anybody being indiana jones other than harrison ford <laughs> uh you know maybe it's it you could see someone doing a young han solo 
but could you see someone doing Han Solo? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's quite it's it's quite difficult to think that. So um, maybe they need to do uh, an Indiana Jones anthology movie first, mm-hmm. just to get just to get everybody used to that actor performing as Indiana Jones. Yeah, that might be a good idea. Yeah, but <laughs> we'll wait and see. Whatever, whatever happens, I'm definitely going to see it. Awesome. Uh, so I can't wait. Chris Pratt is winning the poll so far, by the way. <laughs> is he? Is he? Not? Yeah. You know, he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be. He wouldn't be too bad, actually. I, I don't think as um, uh, as Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, I could see that as well. He's pretty popular at the moment, as far as like Hollywood goes and that kind of thing. So. Well, we're we'll pretty like this. If if uh, if Lucasfilm said we've got Chris Pratt as Harrison Ford, I wouldn't object. I, I would yeah. think it would be not a bad fit at all. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, um, before we leave, do you want to tell everyone how they can find you online? And- yeah, sure. Um, we can go to the main website, which we update daily, which is uh, thebeardedtrio.com. and we're also we've also on the social media. Network. We're on Facebook. Just type in the Bearded Trio. Uh, we just gone over ten thousand likes. So um, come and <laughs> come and join awesome. the party. Yeah, and uh, we're also on Twitter as well. And uh, we're we've, we're doing Instagram and Pinterest as well. So yeah, come and check us out. And always looking for guest posts for the for the website as well. So if you want to share your love for the Bearded Trio, you you're welcome to uh, contact us. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks so much for talking to Nerd of Paradise, Rob. No, oh, it's been it's been real fun. Anytime. <laughs> May the force be with you. And you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so thanks again, Rob. It was a lot of fun chatting. And hopefully I can have you on again sometime in the future. I mean I would love to do an episode on each of the bearded trio at some point. That would be amazing. But especially John Williams, maybe at some point. But yeah, I'll be in touch. So we still have one interview left so last but not least we have jason ward so without further ado here is jason next up i am talking with the one and only jason ward how's it going jason good kate how are you i'm doing good so um some of you might know jason from a little website (laughs) called makingstarwars.net but there's also makingindie.net so why don't you go ahead and take a few minutes, Jason, tell us about who you are, about making Star Wars, making indie. And- yeah, just, you know, a few years ago when they announced that they were going to be making new Star Wars movies, I decided I would make a Star Wars website and to, to cover it because it sounded like a good time. So I started doing that. But now we're like, what, into covering three new Star Wars movies totally? Like there was Force Awakens, Rogue One, and some of Episode Eight now. So, and then uh, I decided, like, I'm like, man, I'm really looking forward to Indiana Jones, because Indy was, like, always kind of, like, if you're a Lucasfilm person, you know how it is, like, Indy's, like, it's it's Star Wars' sister, you know? And so, it was, like, so exciting that they were going to make more indie movies, I was like, I should make Making Indy, and now I'm really looking forward to it, because after a f- covering a few Star Wars movies in a row, it's, like, going to be fun to <laughs> cover Indiana Jones, you know, on Earth, as opposed to trying to figure out what that planet is that they're on and all that jazz, (laughs) you know? Yeah, exactly. And so, like, that's really interesting um, that you mentioned that with the the Lucasfilm thing. So what do you think that is with the Star Wars and Indiana Jones connection? I I think there's just this kind of, like, shared sensibility of the intellectual properties that Lucasfilm kind of created. Like, 
I would even put Willow in that mix. And I know a lot of people mm-hmm. haven't seen Willow or just don't quite get it because they like that Lord of the Rings style fantasy. But there's just this kind of like sense of humor and this like not taking self itself so seriously kind of like vibe about Star Wars and indie that makes it like a, a fun, accessible adventure. That, that's kind of how I would I would put it. Because like, and they're they're so based off of like like the the Republic serial trope. I know everyone says that, but it, it's true because there's this kind of like every two minutes, like with like Raiders especially. There's just like this, you could just start watching that movie at any moment and just get sucked into it because it's like mm-hmm. a really awesome like Looney Tunes cartoon with this kinetic energy where th- this dude's just kind of like in over his head constantly. And that's just <laughs> it's like so fun to watch. And and I guess that in, in over his head kind of like motif is like the biggest thing, right, with, with Lucasfilm. Like mm-hmm. even with the original Star Wars and the new Star Wars and – uh, Willow indie is just exemplifies it, but mm-hmm. but with indie man we get Steven Spielberg directing it, and that is special. Awesome. Like something <laughs> interesting I've noticed, um, like you do come across people who don't like Star Wars, as crazy as it is. Like I've I, I've met a few, yeah, who just don't like it. I've never met anyone who doesn't like Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, you know I it's. I've never I've never met anyone who doesn't like it, but I've met people who haven't seen them, as opposed yeah. to Star Wars, where generally I feel like most people have seen them. But they're rare unicorns, aren't they? They're just rare, rare, weird <laughs> things that exist out there. I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, so what are your first Indiana Jones memories? So, okay... Mine, mine is completely strange and takes a weird like turn. Okay, so mine is too. So yeah, no, like like when <laughs> when Ghostbusters came out, I was like four years old, and if you remember the guy who sang the Ghostbusters song, he he had like kind of like the short like like not a Jerry curl necessarily, but like the short <laughs> almost Lando Carizian hair, and me being a four year old, I just assumed that was Billy D Williams. <laughs> and so I went around like to my to my friends in in the neighborhoods talking about how Billy D Williams was the most talented person ever to exist in the world because they were in Star Wars and they wrote the Ghostbusters song, right? And everyone's like, "Dude, that's not the same person." I'm like, "What? It's not?" And then they're like, "No." They're like, "Do you think Indiana Jones is Han Solo?" And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, it's the same actor, but they're not the same person. Like, why are you so dumb? And I'm like, Harrison Ford is a person? <laughs> like, that's Han Solo? Like, I put it all together. And and um, so as luck would have it, like, a week later, they were showing uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark at the drive-in. And oh, my, uh, you know, I'm an 80s kid, product of divorce, of course. So uh, my dad would kind of just, like, take me to the drive-in after work and then kind of, like, crash out and rest while I watched movies. And so (laughs) I was about four or five. I think I was still four. And I just sat there and watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I was like, okay, Harrison Ford is now the most talented person in the world because he's Han Solo (laughs) and he's Indiana Jones. (laughs) How about you? Uh, How about you? How uh, did you get into it? (laughs) I was pretty young when the Indiana Jones movies came out, so I didn't see them until I was older. But, like, my first, like, I guess memory or whatever is actually, do you remember the movie UHF? 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, th- it's a great movie. <laughs> so that came out, what, probably like the late 80s? Probably like 88, I would say, somewhere around there. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. And so that was like my big brother's like favorite movie. <laughs> and so like we would always rent that. <laughs> like when we, you know, like we go to the video rental store. Like we'd like always yeah. rent that and we'd always watch that. And there's that scene. Is it the opening scene where it's like he's like daydreaming and it's like a hamburger comes and like rolls along or something, but just like the giant boulder in Indiana Jones. <laughs> right. Right. So that's like my first indie. I saw that like long before I saw any of the movies. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, that's that's like like the the, the the magical power, especially of like Lucasfilm in, in, the, in the 80s and at that time. Was like yeah. we we experienced so much of like Star Wars and Indiana Jones like through through pop culture, not from the yeah. films themselves all, all the time. Because like even even at that point, like like eighty eight, eighty nine, that was mm-hmm. when like VCRs were becoming like really commonplace. Before yeah. that, people didn't really like have like like one guy had a VCR and you were like, whoa, really? <laughs> you know? So like he could yeah. watch Star Wars at his house, maybe. Like it was like nice. a big deal. Yeah. So so I. I I, I I was the same way. I, I never actually saw the Rambo movies, and it wasn't until UHF that I was like, "Well, I, I need I need to see, I need to see Rambo." <laughs> That's funny. I know I need to go watch UHF again. It's been a while. <laughs> Any excuse, I'll take it. Weird Al, he's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, he's great. He's not comedy little... Bang Bang now. He's so great on it, by the way. But anyways, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Weird Al, need to get him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we kind of talked about it a little bit, but what do you think is the appeal of Indiana Jones? Like, why is it so popular? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's like, in, in a certain way, and I know this is, this might be weird to say, but, like, he kind of represents, like, a very, very, to me, a very realistic, yet unrealistic, like, masculinity that you don't get. Like, I just mentioned Rambo. Like, while we all know that, like, Sylvester Stallone is, like, a short little dude now, but, like, back then, like, he looked like he was 6'4", and, like, he was, like, ripped, you know? And it's, like, Indy, like, doesn't have any special power unto himself. He's not, like, you know, like, this ripped macho, like, he's macho, but you know what I mean? He's not, like, Van Damme or something. He's just yeah. smart. He's, like, a smart guy. He uses his, his brains, but, mm-hmm. but he uses his brains to be an action hero. So, like, when you get yeah. down to it, like, Indy is the most intelligent, at least in terms of his career, like, he's a professor, uh, like, action mm-hmm. hero we, we have. Like, you know, I mean, who, who do we have after who's closest? Like, James Bond, but he's, he's like, a secret agent, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, like, so Indy, though, I think he's relatable to uh, nerds in a way. Like, he's the best of us, if you will. <laughs> that's awesome. Know, that's really interesting. I know. he's It's just it's such a legend too like i don't know it's hard to explain like it's just like anything to do with indiana jones it's like pure gold it seems like yeah yeah i mean and and it's also i mean like it's harrison ford as well i mean like harrison ford just has that magic about him where the dude could just like smirk or something and like it conveys a million different things and Mm -hmm. he's so like just kind of 
he's like a grumpy old cat almost <laughs> in some ways, and especially when he's older. But you know, uh, but he just kind of like he. It's it's. I don't know. I don't like actors. I'm not like a, a movie star person. Not that I don't like actors, but I'm not a movie star person. Like I don't I don't see a movie star and I don't get starstruck. But I think like Ford <laughs> is the exception to that because he's just. Yeah. I mean, he's amazing. I I, I I'm I'm gonna. I'm going to gush about him now <laughs> about how, I mean, like, like I've never, I've never seen an action star who can do what Harrison Ford does and who can switch from, from like being like, I'm going to punch this Nazi in the face to being like, really girl, you're going to break my heart like this. And you're like, yeah, you're going to break his heart like that. Elsa, you jerk. You know, it, it, it's really, uh, yeah. I, I don't know how they're going to do Indiana Jones without Ford someday. Cause He's the magic to me. Right. So I just finished watching the whole Indiana Jones or the young Indiana Jones series for the first time. So what oh, did you nice. think of that? Honestly, I know I, I, this Indiana Jones, young, young Indy changed my life, I would say. Like, oh. yeah, I really would. I mean, like I, you would think like I'm such a Star Wars guy. I would say Star Wars was it. But when I really like lay things down, my life direction was was changed more by indiana jones than anything star wars ever ever did in certain ways wow yeah because like when i was a kid i was i was a really bored student i i really did like school i liked learning but i really didn't like didn't like school and didn't like Mm -hmm. being in school and when young indy came out you know i watched every episode as they aired i taped them and i would rewatch them all week (laughs) but it made me really kind of maybe want to become an anthropologist and i i ended up doing it i I actually ended up doing anthropology but i ended up following my own path and going down down a different road on on the education line but it still was like kind of i think the thing that made me into a good student because that young indie series was so big on teaching kids Mm -hmm. making making teaching or making learning fun yeah. And and I, I it, it worked on me like hook line and sinker just just all all the way and and then um on on top of it it was kind of like an amazing thing to me because I was obviously a Star Wars obsessed still and everything that they were doing in that series were like the test runs for for the prequels so even while those while those episodes were airing I was still watching them knowing that it like this was probably going to be the crew that was going to make Star Wars and that they were doing these CGI sets and stuff like that, things that weren't even being done in film at the time, but they were doing yeah. it on, like, ABC TV. And now when you see those effects, some of them are laughable or they're, they're a bit, like, corny. They don't hold up so well. But at the time for TV, I mean, it was the most amazing thing ever, yeah. to me anyway. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I know. It was so educational. Like, I was really surprised by that because I just – I had never seen it and I didn't really know what to expect. <laughs> yeah, they're actually they're actually like 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 fairly good, you know. And yeah. I was curious about that. I mean, I, I'm I'm not a I'm not a, a, a historian, if you will, but I, I I was a little bit cautious. Like, you know, are these really going to be you know solid history, kind of little little documentaries? And and they mm-hmm. they are. And it awesome. and it's kind of strange because it's kind of like one of our only I think real like like George Lucas worked on a, on those with with the with other people, but it's kind of like yeah. our only like kind of like documentaries left by George Lucas that we have too. And so it's, it's kind of cool when you look at it th- through that lens because it feels like George Lucas really didn't do that big of a body of work, 
Mm-hmm. It's like he did a very small but important body of work. But when you really get down to it, he made like I think they made like a, like seventy five documentaries for that wow. series. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow, yeah, it's nuts. that's really neat. Cool. So, what did you think of the uh, the actors who played Young Indy? I don't have their names handy, but yeah, like, was it Corey impressions? Corey Courier or something like that? Was the uh, small kid? Yeah, mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's kind of. It's the old Star Wars prequel kind of like kind of problem, you know? Do you have do you have Darth Vader be this good kid who turns into this bad person, or just have him be bad the whole time? Mm-hmm. And so, like like young Indy, like the little Indy, I should say, he's yeah. a little annoying. I I I, I can't <laughs> lie. I I do like a lot of his episodes, like Travels with Father and stuff like that, were like yeah. really good, and I I really did enjoy them. And yeah, is Travel? I think that's the one where they get trapped in that like the elevator kind of thing, oh, like right, together. Right, right. Yeah, like I re- I liked those ones and those, those they were like really really cool. But um, teen- teenage indie I thought was was pretty pretty close to on the mark. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the sad things about the series was had they done a third season, that's when that you know the teenage indie or college age indie would have mm-hmm. met Ravenwood, mm-hmm. and we would have started to see him become the more you know sardonic kind of sarcastic and you know pessimistic indiana jones that we all know and love so like yeah i i it kills me that we never got to see it get to that point but but i I don't don't know what oh yeah yeah what he reminds me of jack dawson in titanic (laughs) yeah yeah i i I could see i never really made that connection because like (laughs) i watched him before titanic so i did but yeah (laughs) Yeah, I I, w- I wouldn't dis- disagree with that. I mean, it's but what what do you think though? Do you think it was cool or a, a wise idea to have him be so different from Indiana Jones that we know from the films? Though, do you think that was good or do you think that was bad? Um, man, now you're asking the question. <laughs> well, um... no, no, I, I I grapple with this because like a part of me is like I think it's really cool in the big expanded like indie universe, if you will. That we kind of see his character kind of kind of arc and like kind of yeah. you know post pro, post post World War One that he <laughs> yeah. could, becomes That's this true. guy yeah you know aftermath of the war like you can kind of put that stuff together and uh, you know how he lost his innocence in a way mm-hmm. but then on the other hand another part of me kind of goes like couldn't you have been like how River Phoenix was in Last Crusade where he was yeah. like that indie but not yet, you know? Yeah. And, and they wanted him. They wanted River Phoenix, but he, of course, had a bright future and was like, I'm not going to get locked down in a TV role. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm in the big time, baby. Films. <laughs> so, yeah. unfortunate. We yeah, lost I him. Don't, I mean, I guess it's somewhat realistic because, like, if you look back, um, just like an average person, like, their person – like, there's, like, a certain part of your personality that basically stays the same your whole life, but a lot of things can change. Definitely, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I guess it could have been successful either way, but... I, I think that was the biggest thing it had going against it, though, for, like, general yeah. audiences who would pick it up. They'd be like, this is Indiana Jones. He's, like, eight years yeah. old and, you know, being taught by by, by a tutor, what is this? Yeah, but, like, it could have been any character, I'll say that. Like, it didn't always feel like Indiana Jones. Right. Right, and did you, oh, by the way, did you notice that one really weird sequence where little Indy is, like, 16 years old, but they CGI'd him down to make him look 8 or 9 or 10 or whatever he was? Which one was that? Yeah, the, I'll, I'll find it for you, and I'll, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll share that. it with you with you on Twitter. It's so weird. 
That's like it, it is it is you know George Lucas did a lot of crazy stuff with CGI that gets you know talked about online but that is by far the weirdest and strangest experiment oh, man, he I ever know. did. I don't remember it but maybe maybe I wasn't paying attention or something. Yeah, no, and his voice is deep too. He's like, "Hey, how's it going?" It's like it's and they kind of like pitch it up a little bit. It's very what? weird. It's That's yeah, insane. yeah, it's it's the yeah, it's it's my it's my favorite I guess failed experiment from Lucasfilm, I think. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so let's talk about Indiana Jones 5. So wow. I know, crazy, huh? How excited yeah. were you when you found out about that? I, I, I know, and I know this is going to sound weird again. I was more excited about the Indiana, Indiana Jones 5 announcement than I was for the Force Awakens announcement. Wow. I was more afraid of of what someone else would do with Star Wars that wasn't like George Lucas, mm-hmm. and and I, I still have that same kind of fear with George Lucas not really being involved that like mm-hmm. maybe it won't feel right or maybe it won't be the same kind of. But at the same time, I'm like Steven Spielberg is doing it and Harrison Ford's in it. Like Lucas was important, but you know he wasn't he wasn't like the he was more like the Ringo of of that band, if you will, you know, to to their Lennon McCartney duo. So 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 I'm like, cool, man. Like like, yeah. I, I was I am elated. I can't I cannot wait for more Indiana Jones movies. And if they made an Indiana Jones movie every year, I would I would be up for it. Just like with Star Wars, I would be I would be totally up for it because it's like they don't have to have that connectivity. Like the original Indiana Jones movies, the original four that we got. They don't really share too much connective tissue. The fourth right. one does the most work on that. Mm-hmm. The, four, the fourth one is the one that's like, oh, we lost Dad and we lost, you know, Mark. You know, right. it's been a rough couple of years. Oh, like in the other movies, he's like, hey, I'm with Marion. And then like, oh, we don't see Marion <laughs> ever again. He just has a new girlfriend. You're like Indiana Jones, you crazy, crazy guy. <laughs> but but yeah, so so I, I don't know. I, I'm But I, I'm also like kind of kind of hoping that it – they don't end up like like the mummy films, and I I know mm-hmm. people like those, and I don't want to make anybody mad who likes those movies. But <laughs> I always considered Indiana Jones to kind of be in its own different league, and I don't I don't want it to 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 devolve into like that just kind of action movies with the costumes, you know? Yeah. So, what are the facts? Like, what do we know for sure about Indiana Jones Five? Well, we know that uh, David Cope is writing it. I think you say it. Is it Cope? I think K O E P um, that that Cope is writing it, and Spielberg said George Lucas was executive producing it, but it's sounding like that executive producer credit is one of those like I don't really show up to work and I get the credit and get paid for it kind of deals, because in because Lucas always had a really integral role into coming up with the premise and the uh, story in some way. And and even that though, you know, you you know, like his assistant would do most of the work for him, and then he would go through what she did, and, and like figure out, okay, the the, the arc that sounds that kind of that sounds good, or the the San, the the uh, Sankara stones, and um, but uh, Cope says that it, he ha- that as far as he knows, Lucas is not involved. Like he's writing the script right now, and he hasn't talked to Lucas once. So so it sounds like it's just coming out, and what is it? 908 days is what is what the site says and yeah i know it sounds so far but it'll go it'll it'll go fast it'll go fast but um yeah and that that it's supposed to be kind of a self-contained thing is kind of the vibe that cope has been giving like Hmm. it's going to be a simple premise 
that it's not going to be, you know, too complex. So, yeah, it kind of makes me think they're just going to put Indy in the mess and kind of just, just let him go, you know, and there won't, I don't mm-hmm. think, I think it's going to be like the other films. I don't, I don't think we're going to see uh, a Shia LaBeouf make a return probably, <laughs> but um, so, so anyway, so, but you're asked what, what we do know, and we know that mm-hmm. Spielberg is directing it. Mm-hmm. So we got, we got, we have a release date. We have Spielberg, we have Ford. And um, I am going to assume Frank Marshall is producing it, but we don't know if Kathleen Kennedy is. And there are rumors that it it will be filmed at Pinewood as well. And they just recently started filming Jurassic World 2, or the the sequel to it, mm-hmm. uh, or started are starting it there at Pinewood as well. So it sounds like um, Frank Marshall, Kathleen Kennedy's uh, husband, is actually doing work at Pinewood now. So so there, there's kind of a good a good lean that it could be done over there in England. There, there's no other like cast announcements or. There hasn't been, oh, nope. Wow. There there hasn't been anything. There hasn't been like any confirmation if um, like Karen Allen, who who played you know Marion, mm-hmm. if she'll be back or anything like that. Or you know, some people keep going like, bring back Short Round. You know, we want to see what Short <laughs> Round is like as an adult. But there hasn't been like any hints or, or anything, and oh, wow. it drives me crazy because yeah, <laughs> like I made Making Indie, and I I don't I try not to run like <laughs> trivial stuff like. Oh, there's Indiana Jones toothbrushes at Target now. You know, I don't run those <laughs> stories there because that's boring. But yeah. no, and so right now, right now, if you go to Making Indie, it's like just the facts, and <laughs> and there's there's not a lot of uh, not not a lot of them yet. But I would uh, I would imagine that if they're going to start filming probably in 2018, mm-hmm. so late 2018 probably. That's just a guess. So, do you have any speculation about it? Like, as far as like what time period it's gonna be or like what other characters we might see stuff like that yeah well oh well we do know that indy won't die by the way so for what for what that's worth yeah spielberg has said like we're not gonna kill him and i don't want you guys going to to see them waiting for the movie to anticipate indy's death and after force awakens you can see why he would say that you know they just killed him and you don't need to kill harrison ford too many times (laughs) but um yeah but um, based off of that, and then the fact that you know it's not like Harrison got any younger, so so it, I would imagine this this one will be in the fifties at the earliest. But Is we that could when see Crystal Skull was wasn't that like I, in the fifties? I think Crystal Skull was like fifty eight, maybe. So so you know it always made me think had they continued on that path, that like you know remember at the at the end of Crystal Skull. Um, you have Mutt, and he has the camera, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes for Indy's hat at the wedding, and then Indy yeah. takes it, and he's like, "Nope, that ain't happening." Yeah. And then, but 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 when you look at Mutt at the end, he's left like with this camera, and like I I speculated from that moment on, like, "Wow, what if Mutt becomes a photojournalist, and that's how they'll get into it?" That'd and so, cool. yeah, that, it, it could have been yeah, it could have been cool had I, but I kind of think Shia LaBeouf's like kind of alcoholism and breakdown and stuff might have kind of shoehorned him out of there. I don't know if they're going to be keen to work with him. Yeah, and, that's true. And he said a lot of bad things, too. Like, like not professional things. Like, I think Harrison Ford called him, like, an, an effing idiot for oh, just for commenting on, on the, the film in a negative way, you know? Wow. And um, so, so my point is that it, unless we were to see Shia LaBeouf kind of clean up his act and Spielberg kind of make 
amends with him, or I don't even know if they have problems, but if they were to kind of like decide, yeah, we're going to get together and you're safe to work with now, then may- maybe Mutt could be like our, our way in to, to, to bringing Indy into to the, you know, the 60s maybe. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's cool. possible. Yeah, I mean, it could be cool. And, you know, like there's always, there, there was kind of been two Indiana Jones kind of shown on screen, right? There's like the guy in the, um, you know, in the jacket and the hat in, in the jungle. And then there's that guy like at the beginning of Temple of Doom in like the white Playboy outfit, you know, the white, <laughs> the white tux and the, uh, yeah. the uh, gentleman kind of thing. And I think it would be wise to put Indiana Jones in that environment for, for, for future adventures because, you know, like a, a 70-year-old man, like, in the jungle starts to look a, a little bit weird. It can look <laughs> weird. It can look – it can potentially look unbelievable. But if you have him, like, as as the sophisticated kind of, like, gentleman who's, yeah. you know, like, like, at Club Obi-Wan. Like, if you had him in – if you did if you did the Club Obi-Wan sequence, if it never happened in Temple of Doom, and they did it mm-hmm. this year with Harrison Ford today, I think it would work. Yeah, I think it. I, I think it would be like he's a gentleman. He's in his element, and he has a little pistol. You know, you, you could make it happen. <laughs> so I, I would like to see like Playboy Indy kind of come back. That would be. I think that would be fun. But but him getting married at the end kind of makes that difficult. Maybe yeah. <laughs> at the end of Crystal Skull, you know. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Indy is in 1957. Indy four is 1957. So so we're about okay. three years away from the 60s. <laughs> Yeah, the '60s could be really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah, and, and I mean, like, like, what would Indy think of some of the? I mean, granted, like the the real like revolution stuff doesn't really hit till like you know like '67 to '69, mm-hmm. but but you know, Indy in that that environment in any version of the '60s would still be entertaining. I think it could almost you know like take some direction from Forrest Gump, like with him like running into like going to the president and being parts of all these famous <laughs> scenes that'd be kind of cool yeah yeah and and, and I, I i wouldn't yeah that was that was what what young indy would do young indy was like yeah here's that's indy, kind of here's, what, it reminded me of that too <laughs> yeah yeah i mean here's you know young indy was all about how did these other great people make this man great mm-hmm. you know by 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 proxy or something and yeah. and uh the uh, the uh, films never really got into that and I do wonder if they if that could happen without George Lucas like involved, but I mean I mean who did I guess the only famous person Indy met was Hitler in the films, right? It's <laughs> sad to say, but I think that's the only famous person he met on screen, like you know, in the films. But yeah, I I also kind of um, I also kind of don't know like if they can continue the story after last crusade so a part of me sometimes wonders what if it's like you know i'm I'm sorry i meant to say um kingdom of the crystal skull Mm -hmm. Uh, a part of me wonders like what if they do a movie that takes place you know the year before that so Hmm. he's not married mutt's not in the picture yeah you know what i mean you could still have that same climate and tell a story because you know like 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 temple of doom is technically the first in the film series the second one to come out so Mm -hmm. they've already kind of broken the chronological order Already. Kind of like the Star Wars thing. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. That crazy George Lucas nonlinear thinking. Is it? Yeah. Is it just like the way his brain works, or what is that? <laughs> yeah. I, I. Well, I. I mean, I. I think, and this is my guess, is that like with Temple of Doom, he was all about fortune and glory, 
<laughs> and at the end of it, he learns to put other things before himself. And I don't think you could have that happen after Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it really makes sense for the character. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I mean, the guy's pretty much been there when, like, the hand of God's come down and destroyed the uh, the uh, Nazis and stuff like that. Like, if you saw that, it would be kind of hard to be super selfish, right? To not at least be, like, somewhat of faith. And he's pretty much the opposite of that in Temple of Doom. So, yeah, but that was, that was I guess, when you think about it, that was George Lucas's first prequel, huh? So I had, I posted an interesting poll on Twitter earlier today. So I thought I'd get your opinion on it. So, like, if, if they were to recast Indiana Jones as a younger Indiana Jones, either for the movies or for, like, another young indie series. Yeah. Um. So the choices I put were Elden, Ehrenreich, Anthony Ingruber, or Chris Pratt, or other. Right. Huh. That, <laughs> I, you know, you know, I mean, I mean, I haven't, uh, well, number one, like, nothing against Ingruber, but I mean, like, I just haven't ever seen something that makes me convinced he could really be Indiana Jones or mm-hmm. even Han Solo. Like, the the impression video is really cool, but mm-hmm. doing impressions is, I think, is one thing, you know. It's it's totally yeah. different to, like, embody the character and act in it and stuff. And and uh, what was that movie? Uh, Age of Caroline? Age of Adeline. Adeline. Age of Adeline. Like, yeah. his, st- his stuff in that was, was cool, but I, I said mm-hmm. it didn't really convince me. And so, I mean, uh, you know, and then and then uh, Alden Ehrenreich, like, we haven't seen him be Han Solo yet. And yeah. so, and, and I know a lot of people are struggling with even seeing that. But having seen him act in a couple of other things, I know he could do Han Solo. I don't yeah. know if he could do, I don't, I don't know if he does Harrison Ford, like Alden, but yeah. I know he does Han, I know he could do Han Solo, if that, if that makes sense. Just yeah, like he could, he could pick up on the, the attributes of the, of the tropes that make up Han Solo easily, mm-hmm. I think. And then, but, um, but Indiana Jones is such a, there's like, almost like a vaudeville kind of like timing to the action and the, and, and the performance. And mm-hmm. so like a, a, a comedian who could also do action, someone like Chris Pratt is someone who I could kind of see making it happen. But I, I wanted that in Jurassic World when I was watching that and I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I was like, this guy could be like Jurassic Park's Indiana Jones. And then and then it kind of like I I enjoyed the movie for what it for what it was, but yeah. it wasn't like I wasn't really like floored by it or blown away. So I, I, I'm gonna go with other, and I don't know who the other <laughs> is if I had to pick. <laughs> so far, Chris Pratt's winning the poll. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a funny guy though. I mean, he's he's yeah. he's a, and so I I can see him you know making it making it happen. And and uh, I was watching. Uh, Do you ever, ever see that show Billy on the Street? No. Okay, it's it's a really funny. You should check it out. But it, it's it's just, he just harasses people on the street and has actors who come with him sometimes. <laughs> nice. And when he had when he had Chris Pratt on, he's like, "You're Indiana Jones, right?" Like he was just totally putting him on the spot, saying, <laughs> "You're Indian." He's like, "That's what I heard," or something like that. But nice. yeah, but it, it, it's still I I don't even I, I don't know when do you think we could even hear about the casting for that? Like 2018. I don't know. Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, it, it comes out in 2019, so I would yeah. imagine 2018 at the earliest. So if, if they film in 2018, so I imagine we'll for a July release date. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think we'll know who it is until 2018. Interesting. Well, a lot to look forward to, man. <laughs> so before we go, do you have any final thoughts about Indiana Jones? 
Dude, I have too many thoughts about Indiana Jones. <laughs> a final one? No, just just that it. You know, I, I'm looking forward to another film with Harrison Ford. And you know, after we just lost Carrie Fisher, which was like the biggest bummer ever. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm just really like thankful, I guess, that we're gonna have another one with with Harrison because. You know, we won't have too many more of those either way. I mean, you know, he's not immortal. He didn't get to keep the cup of Christ and take it with him home. So, <laughs> so I, I'm just happy that it that we're gonna have more Ford in, as as um, Indiana Jones. So. Awesome, very <laughs> cool. All right. Well, do you want to tell everybody how they can find you online and more about finding or finding Indy, more about making Indy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, just um. Making Indie right now is the time to follow it. If you want to start f- f- reading updates on Indiana Jones, and they're coming in slow right now, but but um, but every time something big happens, I'm on it. And we also have a podcast that we hope to have you on, Kate, as soon as when, when we do the next one, if you're available. And that one is uh, Keeping <laughs> Up with the Joneses. Making Indies, Keeping Up with the Joneses. Um, not related to the crappy film that just came out. That was a complete coincidence on our part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um um yeah and making star wars.net and uh that's that's where and at making star wars on twitter those are where, that's where i'm most active but and if you're not super into following indie but you follow star wars stuff i always retweet all the indie stuff on on the star wars side anyway because the overlap is immense Indeed <laughs> <it> is. <laughs> all right well thanks so much for stopping by for nerd of paradise thank you for having me all right. So thanks so much, Jason, for chatting some indie with me. It was so much fun. And we look forward to hearing all your updates on makingindie.net. So thanks again to all the interviewees. So I hope you, the listener, have enjoyed this episode and hearing all these different perspectives and different facets of the Indiana Jones fandom. So since this episode has been so long, I won't take up any more of your time. If you want to find out more about Nerd of Paradise, you can check out nerdofparadise.net. And you can find us on social media, most notably Twitter. Handle on there is at NAPpod. If you have any thoughts or anything, be sure to drop us a line. Okay, so I think that's going to do it for this episode. So until next time, stay nerdy.